Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. Brother Herbst is going to come tonight. He's going to be talking about a lot of different things. There's a handout going out right now on both sides. It's a two-page handout, so make sure you get both pages, and uh, we're ready to learn tonight. Brother Herbst, come on up. Thank you, Pastor Cox. Appreciate the opportunity to share. Uh, I find out as I grow older that as uh, I learn more and, um, you know, get more experience with different things, that all of a sudden those things become hobbies or, or even we get more interested in them, and all of a sudden those things become ministries. And uh, it's like, wow, you know, you think about it, that's just the way God works, isn't it? Yeah. Like he kind of hands out talents, he hands out things to us, and then he kind of expects a little something in return. And that's not something bad, that's something good to be able to share with one another. And it isn't the head that's speaking tonight, it's the, it's the uh, index finger, okay? Just the index finger tonight, and hopefully I can point us in the right financial direction. So that's what we're gonna try to do. So I'm gonna start out just a little bit different uh, tonight. Um, I've got this white envelope and I've got a dollar bill in here. And uh, so is anybody really good at or really likes doing these little picture things? Like you have two pictures and there's you know five things that are different between the two pictures and you want to pick them out in so much time. Anybody really good at that? My wife is good at that. <laughs> Do you want to come and help me? <laughs> Does anybody else want to come and help me? Yeah. You do? Yeah, yeah. Well, you're already helping me. <laughs> Any other volunteers? Okay, you are dismissed. Uh, everybody say it together with me. Get connected. No, just, just kidding, just kidding. Uh, uh, Brother George said that he would help me. So Brother George is going to come and... He's not claiming to be an expert at this, and I'm not asking for an expert. I just somebody, I want somebody that's somewhat observant. And so what I want you to do, Brother George, I want you to look at this $1 bill. Everybody see that's a $1 bill, right? It's not fake. It's real. So you look at that $1 bill, and you think about that. So what we're going to be talking about is growing your money to start out with. This isn't your notes. This is free. This doesn't cost anything. It doesn't even cost a dollar. So it's free. So while he's studying that, I want to say something about inflation. Has anybody been noticing about inflation? So at, you, know what, you know what inflation is? Inflation is a situation that we have when uh, costs of goods is doing this and costs of uh, or increases in our pay is doing this, right? So very large gains against very small gains, you have inflation, that gap that's there gets kind of expensive. And so, like gasoline, for example, you know, what, in 2020, which is maybe not a real good example, maybe 2019, it was, what, 225 
something like that? Does anybody remember? Does that sound about right? Well, now we're like almost twice that much. So that's like 50% inflation, right? So that's a big increase. So if you drive a lot, you feel that big time, right? So we need to grow our money. That's what we need to do, okay? So that's what we're gonna do. So you, you got that studied? Okay, so, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put this back inside here, and then, can you hold on to this for a second? Put that back inside there, and then I'm gonna need the rest of us to help me out, okay? So again, I said this is a little bit different, so you gotta, you gotta work with me a little here. So this is a white envelope, right? This is a white envelope. And what I need is your good vibes. I need your positive energy to start thinking about growing money, okay? So that's what I want you to do. Think positively, and let's see what happens. Oop, did you feel that? Uh, <laughs> I always got to get the honest guy up here, right? Yeah, I didn't either, but I had to say something. Okay, so let's see what I can pull out of here. Now, I, I had a $1 bill, right? Okay. So what does this look like? That's, uh, that's an old school 20. <laughs> an old school 20. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I want you to, I'm going to let you handle this, but you got to be very careful yeah. because notice that date that's right there. What does that say? Ooh, 1914. 1914. That's, that's, that's an old one. I, I, did you look at the date on this one? I did not. I didn't either, yeah. but... but I said this one. That, that's because the $1 bill's still in here, right? It didn't change. We, we're growing our money, but I got to be honest. You know, I had both the bills in there to start out with. But okay, so, so what can you tell me that's different? Well, this is a Federal Reserve note. Okay, the other one's the Federal Reserve note. So that's not different. Okay. Yeah. Well, the two and the zero. Okay, that's different. Yeah, that's definitely different. Yeah, yeah. It's got some color in it. They, they use ink back in 1914. I don't know what happened. We, we're, we're not in the ink business anymore, or what's going on here? Yeah, oh, there's like a nice little paragraph of information back there that's way too small for me to read. Oh, yeah. It's too small for me, too. Yeah. Yeah. How about anything else? What's different? Well, the face on the, the bill is the, the face on the bill is different. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're missing the one thing that I really need. <laughs> Did anybody else notice the difference? It grew. It's bigger. It is. It's bigger. It's physically bigger. Let's pull the one dollar bill back out, and let's make a little comparison here. Like, hold those up. Look at how much bigger that is. We grew our money. Woohoo! So thank you. Okay. So does anybody know what this was called, Brother Lear? You remember what this was called? Can't think of it, Sister Lear? They changed in 1928. This is 108 years old, this, this bill right here. It's 108 years old. They changed in 1928 from this size to this size. And I promised that, you know, you're gonna learn something. This was called a horse blanket, because it's so big. That's what, a horse blanket. That's what they called it, a horse blanket. So, can you imagine the size of your billifold? To, to handle something like this. Isn't that crazy? So anyway, we're, you know, we, we don't believe in 
just positive energy to, you know, and good vibes and stuff like that to grow money, right? We got to do it the smart way. And what's the smart way of growing money? What, what's the best way? What can we use? What kind of tools do we use? Brother Crane. Compound interest. That helps, but I'm thinking more along the lines of what do we do in church? The Bible. What are we even talking about this whole time? Treasure. Treasure, right? So, you know, treasure is from the Word of God. So the Bible is full of very powerful truths, pillars, pillars of truth, like, like the plan of salvation. You know, they try to chip away at the plan of salvation all the time. They can't do anything to it, right? It's solid. It's solid because the Word of God is forever settled in heaven, right? It is solid as, as you can get. It's more solid than granite. Right? So, so, you know, you think of the Godhead, things like that. They try to chip away at it, but it's solid. You know, but there are other little things that are found in the Word of God, and little nuggets, little nuggets of truth, that if we find those nuggets and we pull those out and we get alongside God and we walk with God and we, we absorb those things from God, what's going to happen? We're going to get better. Every encounter with God improves us. It doesn't improve God. God doesn't change. The Bible even talks about that. God doesn't change. We change. Our situations change all the time. But, but uh, what, what we need is, is we need to align ourselves with the Word of God. I don't know if you remember what Pastor Cox said when he opened up our very first uh, uh, life enrichment, uh, what was it, three weeks ago, this, this Wednesday. He mentioned something about Christians and this worldly attitude, or the, the attitude that the world has toward a Christian, that the Christian has to live paycheck to paycheck, and the Christian can't do this, or the Christian can't do that. Well, I'm going to take exception to that. I, I think that's absolutely wrong, because we have, we have the most powerful weapon that there is to help us in every situation, not just financial situations, not just situations I need to be saved. It's, it's nice to know. Uh, about those pillars, but also we can, we can learn about, uh, you know, everyday things in life. You know, how are we supposed to treat our wives or, you know, disciplining our children, it's just everything. There's all these nuggets of truth in there, and, and this is a very powerful uh, tool that we can use. Amen. And so we just, we need to do that. So I want everyone to take a little journey with me right now. Think back of how you handled money through the years, okay? Uh, <laughs> here's some giggles. Yeah, me too. Don't, don't feel bad. All the different emotions you felt during this time of, of handling money, even the young folks, you know? You go from, like, trying to negotiate a higher allowance and saving up for things and stuff like that. And money is emotional. Anything having to do with money... Oh my goodness, emotions just flood in. So how we handle our emotions is, is very emotional. You get a big raise that you didn't expect. Whoa, <laughs> that bonus came that blew your socks off. That, that's kind of cool stuff, isn't it? That felt good. You saved up over months and you bought that new bedroom set or that living room set or that bicycle when you're young like I did. And, and things like that, or that furniture set, or whatever it was, elation and delight and exhilaration. Money is very emotional. But then there's the other side of that, right? Ugh. Ugly. Those times when the transmission and the car went out, right? 
and the dishwasher broke and the kids were sick and needed to go to the doctor and me medical attention and, and, and so on and the car payment and the mortgage were due and all in the same week. Wow, that's tough. You know, there wasn't enough money to cover all those bills. So what do you feel then? Frustration, exasperation, anger, discouragement, a feeling of, I'm going to say it, hopelessness. You can actually feel that, right? That should almost be a swear word in, 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 in church, right? Hopelessness. I mean, if you ever feel hopeless in any situation, um, I recommend the Psalms, and I recommend reaching out to a brother or sister, like on the spot. Just get on the phone. Everybody's got a cell phone. Get on the phone, man. I've been touched by suicide. I've been touched by people that have been very deep in problems with depression and things like that. You need to get on the phone and, and get somebody over to your house or go over to their house, do, do something. Don't be hopeless because we have that powerful weapon with all those nuggets of truth to help us out. So, so God, God's there to help us. We just got to let him. That, that's... That's what we got to do. So they said uh, a moment ago that the word of God holds truth that not only was going to save us from this evil generation, but he's going to guide us until he takes us home. So, uh, you know, the, the Bible doesn't stop with the pillars. It, it goes on with the nuggets. So I want to give you five principles of money management tonight, okay? And so five ways of growing money without being weird and coming up with, 108-year-old uh, uh, bills up here to, to kind of show you. So when we get finished, we're, you're going to say, wow, you know, that was actually rather simple. And you're right, it is. We, we, we do complicate things a lot. We do tend to complicate things. And, and ultimately, uh, we're the ones that make it difficult. God's not making it difficult. Uh, the system is making it difficult because they want to extract money from you, right? So I want to expose a little bit of that, and uh, we're going we're gonna to try to go some places tonight. So let's, let's uh, go alongside him, let's grab up some nuggets, and let's uh, learn some things from the Word of God. All right, so from your sheets, nugget number one, you will reap what you sow. You already knew that and filled that in. I know, church folks, they're doing that. So Galatians 6 and 7 says, uh, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, he shall also reap. Isn't that true? That's so true in so many things, and it's true in, in our financial situation as well. If we plant or sow, like the Bible says, we're going to reap. If we don't plant, we're not going to reap. Okay, we need to understand that right from the beginning, it takes some effort to operate our finances uh, properly. And I guarantee you that you're not going to wander your way out of debt. You're not going to all of a sudden get up one morning and you're walking along and it's like, wow, you know, I got it all figured out just like that. It's not going to happen that way. It's going to take some effort. It's going to take some study. It, it's going to take some... Uh, you know, rolling up your sleeves. And what did Ross Perot say, Brother Crane? You were always saying, you know, time, time, to, time to roll up the sleeves and, you know, get at it, you know. Uh, and you're not going to wake up one morning, you know, all of a sudden you wake up and, wow, I'm a financial genius. 
you know, just like that. You know, I haven't, I haven't sown any, you know, looked up anything. I haven't done anything. I've done any sowing. I haven't done any planning. And now all of a sudden I'm a genius. Not going to happen. You know, one wise man said that if you aim at nothing, you're going to hit it every single time. So if you're going to aim at nothing, you know, that's what you're going to hit. So we, it, it's going to take some effort. It's going to, you're going to have to uh, put, some, put some effort into it. Uh, God says you're the one that's in charge of the planting. He's not going to plant for you. So planting takes work. You ever worked on a farm? You ever seen farmers at work? These aren't lazy people. If they were lazy, they wouldn't be a farmer. And if they are a farmer and they're lazy, they're very poor. Because they're not, you're not getting anything done out there if you're, if you're that lazy. It takes work to be a farmer. Okay? All right. So the first step that you want to take is you want to track your spending. Every dollar that you spend, you want to track it. And you want to uh, take all that in. Take that information in so you have uh, a record, a written record, whether it's on your computer or your tablet or whatever you've got, your phone, uh, track every bit of your spending, and then you're going to formulate a financial plan. We call it a budget. And contrary to popular belief, budget is not a swear word. Okay? It, it, it's, it's something that people find is very difficult and understandably so because it's not that easy. Uh, but it's not miraculously going to happen. We need... Uh, we need to put effort toward it. So in working that budget, okay. So Luke 14, 8, excuse me, 14, 28 through 30. This is the King James Version again. I'm going to use three different versions of the Bible. I'm pretending I'm Andrew, just in case you were, were wondering. And I'll never be Andrew. So um, I always, you know, now that I'm getting older and I'm watching him speak, I'm thinking someday I'm going to grow up and I'm going to be able to speak like him. So wouldn't, wouldn't that be nice? Okay, for which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it? That sound like a budget to you? Hmm, amazing. Less happily, after he hath laid the foundation, is not able to finish it, that all beholding, behold it, it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and he wasn't able to finish. Again, if you aim at nothing, you're going to hit it. If you don't put any effort into it, you're going to find yourself failing. And it, with a budget, we're going to tell our money to go, where to go, when. And, and that's it. You know, you, you got so much money and you want to save some money. So, you know, we're going to get into that in a little bit. So that becomes part of the budget. But we have to understand that there's a financial system that wants our hard-earned money. This financial system that we've got that is, is, you know, credit is so available today. Like I, you know, every week I get credit card things coming. You know, this week I don't know how many I got. You know, they immediately go in the garbage. So it's like, you know, if, if they can tie themselves to you and they can tie themselves to your bank account... You know, and you think on terms of, well, I can have this right now, instead of waiting and working with my budget, then it becomes, you know, you're working in their system instead of God's system. And, and it's pretty much as simple as that. 
okay, when we figure this out and we really understand that, what I just said, it's going to change your life. It's going to change the way you live. It's going to change your financial situation. Um, now, obviously, you have to have done due diligence on the other side where you have a job, right? If we don't have income, it's kind of hard to have a budget. So we've we got to figure out the job side. And I will say this, and I'm going to be, at some point in time, I've told Brother Brom this, I'm going to be speaking to the young folks. And one of the things we're going to be talking about is jobs. Right now, jobs are like phenomenal. You can go anywhere and find a job. It's amazing. You drive by places today, everybody's looking for help. And so, you know, school's very important. Um, do things that you like to do. You know, explore um, and and get that income that you want to get. You know, shoot shoot for the stars when when it comes to that. And and uh, uh, allow God to help you. He's he's there to help you every step of the way. He's going to guide you, and 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 do the things that you enjoy. Okay, so when you decide that you're going to use a budget to pay for everything except your home with your own money. So in other words, a mortgage is acceptable, right? Not too many people have two, three, four hundred thousand dollars laying around to pay for a house, right? So it's understandable to have a mortgage, but try to pay for everything else out of pocket, off your budget, instead of making payments for everything. When you make payments, you're paying interest. And that's a whole nother thing that I can do, and how much does it cost to buy something and how much interest you pay? And you know, I, you know I'll, I'll get into this a little bit more in the, on the, when I talk about debt, but, but interest is very expensive. And uh, I, I remember an illustration I did probably in the 90s, and, and it was you buy a, a $2,000 couch and you make the minimum payment on a credit card at 24%. You know how long it takes to pay that off? 40 years. You know how much you pay for that couch over 40 years making minimum payments? $10,000. So a $2,000 couch becomes $10,000. Now you see why you want to use your own money doing this. So flip it over to the other side Instead of using their money, use your own money, and you can do that when you budget. If you don't budget, then it's use the credit card for everything. Boom, you go into debt. You're paying credit card interest on and on. That's a difficult cycle to, to, to get out of. I have helped some people do that. It takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of discipline. You know, when you have no payments, no more borrowing, and using other people's money, and add to that you have an income, you have that job that you want, what's that all translate into? You have money! <laughs> you, have, you have money to do things with, to, to be generous with, to do all kinds of things with. And, and wow, that's a powerful place to be. That's a really powerful place to be. And I see it's 8 o'clock and I need to get moving. Uh, Okay, so remember that that's what financial freedom looks like, folks. You want to obtain that place and, and you work off of that, okay?
There's lots of ways of budgeting. There's, there's ways of doing it with, uh, they call it the envelope system. You know, put money in an envelope and, and use that, uh, using cash. Um, that's fine. There are other things, you know, just like anything else. You know, when you need some work done, what do you do? You get out the tools, right? You get out the tools. So if you're working in the kitchen, and, you know, I don't know any woman that doesn't have tools in the kitchen. Honestly, right? There's all kinds of stuff in the kitchen. You get stuff done. You know, you cook those marvelous meals. And I'm here to tell you, there's some cooks in this place. I know that for a fact. Some people like hot food. Sister Shao too. And, and, you know, and that's fine, you know. But you get out the tools to do this. You know, people got ovens and freezers and, and all kinds of cool stuff. And how about the guys, you know? You're going to do a remodel job? You get out the tools. You do everything with your hands? You do everything with nothing? I mean, Sister Small said, this is her mixer. <laughs> and I don't think she was kidding. <laughs> so I have some tools for you. So I got a, I got a budgeting uh, tools sign-up sheet here uh, with information how to use the Every Dollar app from Dave Ramsey. If, if you want to use that, um, personally, I don't like it, but I use Quicken, okay? But uh, you can use whatever you want. Quicken's not free. Every dollar is. So you can do whatever you want. And then um, I have a, uh, a budget Excel spreadsheet. So if you'd like that, I will send it to you. Just put your name on this sheet and your email address, and I'll send it to you, also free. And then I have a handwritten uh, budget right here as well. So with step-by-step instructions. You can't beat that with a stick. So just write it all down and uh, do a zero-based budget. That means you got your income and you got your outflow, and it equals zero, and do that every single month. And some of that part of the outflow is going to be to save, right? So, so we don't have zero and we're broke every single month, right? We, we want to do something on the positive side. So, okay. Moving right along. Wow, that was number one. We're, now we're in number two, and I need to get into hyperspeed here. Okay, number, nugget number two. We need to get out of debt. Now, you knew I was going to say that, Right? You just knew I was going to say that because I've been talking about this since the early 90s. That's before Dave Ramsey was even a household name, right? Uh, uh, there was a program that Brenda and I had got a hold of. It was called Debt-Free and Prosperous Living. It was a cassette tape, if you can imagine. Remember what those looked like? Cassette tapes, so a whole series of them. So I think I memorized those, listened to them about 500 times. Okay, Proverbs 22, verse 7 says, The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. The NIV says is slave to the lender. You want to be a slave? Then borrow. But I got a question for you. How many masters do you need or do you have? How many do you want? How many should you have? Jesus. I'll say this twice. Jesus is enough, right? Jesus is enough. It's the only master we need. So he's got lots of nuggets in his word. Here's another one 
a little nugget, if we come alongside him and listen and adapt what he's saying, we're going to benefit. That's what the Bible's all about. No matter what you want to say, everything that's in the Bible is a benefit for us. That's why it was written. Okay? So the world's financial system is designed, uh, you know, to have this direct connection into our bank account, like I said. You probably remember that illustration. I think I might have done it last year where I had the vacuum cleaner out here in the long hose and it was put in my pocket, right, where my billfold is. That's what the financial system today wants. They want to be hooked up to your billfold, your pocketbook, your bank account. So everything is flowing that way to them. <clears throat> so the rich rule over the poor, the borrower slave to the lender. They are not working on your behalf, right? They are working. You know, they, they come off of, oh, you know, here's somebody on vacation. They're in the Bahamas. They're having a wonderful time. They're broke, you know. They did this all on credit, but they're having a wonderful time. So when they come back, they're miserable, but you know, that's, they don't tell you that part of the story. Okay, so they make lots of lots of money off people that, that work with that. Okay, so you need to use the debt snowball, and I honestly do not have enough time to go into that. Um, I will go into that at a later date. I'm gonna talk a little bit more about this a little bit later, okay? about how we're going to go into some more of these things at a later date. You can also ask me later if you really want to know tonight, okay? Nugget number three, you need to foster high-quality relationships. This one um, I love. This one is, is a principle in the Word of God that I guess, as, as I was studying this out, kind of, kind of took me by surprise, okay? 1 Corinthians 15.33, this is the New King James Version. Do not be deceived, evil company corrupts good habits, okay? Now again, let's go back in time. Think about all the sets of friends that you've had. You notice how you, through life, it's fluid, right? Things change. Things just don't stay the same for very long, right? So you're in grade school, you have this set of friends. You're in uh, junior high, you have this set of friends. You get into high school, you have this set of friends. You get in college, you have this set of friends. You think about all those friends that you had during those times. How much did they influence you? They influenced you. I'll guarantee you, they influenced every single one of you. And they pushed you in certain directions. Some of the friends I had in high school, it was drugs and it was alcohol. That's the direction I got pushed. I was getting A's. I was supposed to be a smart dude. I was still doing that, right? I didn't know any better, and I was just doing what my friends were doing. They were influencing me. I, this is what the church is all about, to be around here to influence other people, big time. That is why we are here, to be a positive influence using the word of God and things like that. So had to say that, that that's the whole idea of the church, okay? So they're pushing you in, in one direction or the other direction. Maybe they're being a positive influence on you. Maybe they're being a, a negative influence. You need to make a choice. Now that you're adults, a lot of us, or young people, you need to make a choice. Who am I going to hang out with? Right? It makes a difference. It even makes a difference financially because they've done studies on this. You notice how they do studies on everything? 
nowadays? I mean, the government must pay for a lot of these studies, and that's where, where some of your tax money is going. There's a lot of this, this going on. So today, there's studies that have, have shown that you take your 10 closest friends over the next decade, your income will be within 10 to 15% of their combined average. Somebody said, I need some new friends. <laughs> you know, that's, that's what these studies say. So you need to surround yourself. I'm not saying surround yourself with rich people. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying surround yourself with people that have a positive influence on you, people that are going to, to help you, people that are going to uh, help your spiritual growth, people that are going to challenge you in ways that you're not going to challenge yourself, right? Like I'm trying to do right now. I'm trying to challenge you to set your standards higher for, 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 uh, for your friends and, and that type of thing. And, and uh, you think about this. You know, there's people on your job right now. You think about the people on your job. There's some people on your job that are just poison. I've got them around. We've, we just let go a few of those people at, at where I work. And, and uh, not too long ago. And they were literally poison. I hated to be around them because nothing was right. Right? They are not lifting people up. You need to be around people that lift you up. And, and uh, there's a term that I learned about that I thought was really cool. So you, you need to like, be able to carry yourself in the work-a-day world and your everyday walk with God and that type of thing with acumen. Does anybody know what acumen means? Besides my wife who knows, seems to know everything about vocabulary and I know nothing. I had to look this up. It's the ability to make good judgments and quick decisions when you need to. So if you're around people that influence you positively, that's what's going to happen. You're going you're to be able to make those decisions. You're going to be able to make them with confidence. And, and, and you're not, not going to have to worry about it. Think about it. If you're around people that know how to treat their wives right, what are you going to do? Go kick her when you get home? No. You're going to treat your wife like, like you're supposed to. You're going to go to marriage retreat, right? You're going to go stuff like that. And, and take that stuff in and re remind yourself of the important things that you, you want to be doing. Um, 1 Thessalonians 5.11 in the NIV says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. This is Paul telling the Thessalonians, sorry, telling that church... <laughs> Uh, this is one of the reasons I can't speak as well as my son, because I can't pronounce things. Uh, telling, telling them that you're already doing it, and I'm encouraging you to do even more of it. There are people in this church, I don't want to name people because there's so many of you. I'd be here for the next 10 minutes naming people because there's people here that build one another up, and it's phenomenal. I love it. And it's not, they don't just do it with their voice. They even sometimes do it with their money. They build people up with their money. They invest in other people. That's a powerful place to be when you can do that kind of stuff. Okay? So, so that's what I mean when I say you need to, uh, uh, 
you know, pay attention to your friends. Who, who's around you? You need to foster high-quality relationships, okay? All right, on to nugget number four. Nugget number five is going to take a while, so this is going to be a short one. Uh, nugget number four is save and invest. So you got that budget working. You're working that job with enthusiasm. You're being a positive influence to those around you like a good uh, person walking with the Lord. Proverbs 21.20 in the New King James Version says... There is a desirable treasure and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man squanders it. So I'm picturing a guy, a wise man, and he's got desirable treasures and he's got some kind of oil there, like a barrel of crude oil today is worth way more money than it was a year or two ago. (laughs) And you got somebody over here that's surrounding himself with just all kinds of food and all kinds of other luxuries that aren't doing him a whole lot of good, and he's just stuffing his face, right? He's squandering it. So we got two sides of the fence here, a desirable treasure and oil in the dwelling of the wise. So what's God trying to tell us? We need need to plan in our budget to save and invest. When you don't have any payments, and you have a job and an income, and you have a plan, That's, again, a very secure place to to be. Okay, I'm going to throw two scenarios by you. Which one would you rather have? Flip back two years from right now, 2020. You have no payments other than your mortgage. You have $20,000 stacked away in an emergency fund. COVID hits, and you lose your job for a few months. What does that look like? Livable? Yeah. Yeah. You're in, a, you're in a pretty decent position there, right? Uh, you know, not the greatest. Obviously, you'd love to have kept your job. But maybe, maybe God's going to work out something better for you, right? How about scenario number two? You have $20,000 owed on loans other than your mortgage. So the credit card bills are due. You got two car payments, uh, all this stuff going on. You're making payments like all the other red-blooded Americans, and you think, you know, That's what I'm doing. That's what everybody else is doing. I'm just like the other lemmings, and that's the way I'm going. But you have no money saved, no emergency fund. 2020, COVID hit. What happens in this scenario? You in the hurt bag. You you in the hurt bag. So you you don't want to be there, okay? So I'd really love to go in way deeper on, on investing, and I actually planned to do that. Uh, tonight, but I got steered in a different direction, so I'm not going to do that. Um, I think that requires a little bit more, let's say, personal attention. So uh, I took this over with my wife, and we are going to hold some sessions in our home, smaller sessions with smaller groups of people. So if you're interested, and I know a lot of you took our little survey, um, not maybe didn't get to everyone, but um, took our little survey with interests that you had. Um, we'll be reaching out to you. If you have interests that you want me to talk to you about, let me know, and you'll probably end up over at our house doing you know, uh, something like that. Um, I can't guarantee you know, when I'm going to get them all done, but you know, the Lord is moving me in this direction, so that's what we're going to do. Okay? So forgive me. Um, time is not allowing. We'll just 
do what we can tonight. All right, nugget number five uh, is you need to run your financial house to leave a legacy, okay? You need to run your financial house to leave a legacy, okay? Proverbs 13, 22, this is the New King James Version. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And that's all I'm going to read on that. Just a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. If we're living, living paycheck to paycheck, how are we going to leave an inheritance to our grandkids? If we're not saving anything, we don't have a budget, and we're just, you know, day to day, and, you know, what are we going to do tonight, dear? I don't know. You know, no money in the bank. You know, we can't really do anything. Um, let's go visit the grandkids and can't even go to McDonald's or everything, anything, that's, that's a tough place to be. How are you going to pay for your funeral? This is some of the things that is important and why you need insurance. Not only do we need to be saving and investing in our future, but we need to protect our family's future. And so one of the ways that we do this today is with life insurance. I've had a lot of questions recently about life insurance, so that's why I want to take a little deeper dive on this subject tonight. So why do we need life insurance? Who needs life insurance? Okay, life insurance is to replace our income in the event that we pass away, okay? If you're the breadwinner in the house and you have people depending on what you bring in, you need life insurance, unless you've got a whole bunch of money in the bank already uh, to cover all their needs, right? Mortgages paid off, all that kind of stuff. In that kind of situation, you probably don't need life insurance. But if people are dependent on your income, you need life insurance. And I'm going to say you absolutely need life insurance. Um, they, they're going to have living expenses to cover them. They're probably going to have a mortgage. And you want to make sure, by the word of God, you want to make sure that they're taken care of. Okay, a lot of people ask me, how much insurance do we need? And I'm going to say this. There is such a thing as being insurance poor. You ever heard of that? You can, you can oh my goodness, that, that insurance salesman, he was really good. You know, I got $14 million worth of insurance, you know. I, I can't save a dime for anything, but I got 14, you know. Hey, you know, family's like, I hope he keels over, man, $14 million. No, you can be insurance poor, okay? So you got to be wise about this. You, it, there's, a, there's some things to take into consideration. So the amount of insurance is going to be, it's going to depend upon the amount of debt that you have, your present age. In other words, how much longer am I going to be in the workforce, right? So if you're 30, you're probably going to be working for 30 or 35 years, somewhere in that neighborhood, unless you find yourself a really good job and you get to retire early. Um, and people are retiring later and later today than ever before. Um, you're, you're going to need some insurance. You're going to need more insurance to cover that period of time. Okay? So the longer that is, you need to take that in consideration. Um, I mentioned about debt. How long, and the other question is, how long do you want to carry your dependents in, in the event of your death? Okay? How long do you want to carry your dependents? Do you want to carry them a couple of years 
Do you want to carry them five years? Do you want to carry them 10 years? Those are things that you need to, to take into consideration. So the rule of thumb is 10 to 12 times your annual salary. I would consider a high end. An insurance sales guy would tell you that's a low end. I consider that the high end uh, for most people. Okay, so uh, for example, if, if your annual income is $50,000, you might consider buying $500,000 worth of life insurance. So that, that's hopefully going to pay off the mortgage, and it's going to carry your dependents for a period of time. Again, that depends upon how much debt you have. Uh, let's say you can't afford that, then try to do five to seven times your annual salary. That's, that's a, a decent figure, and, and uh, that's going to help go a long ways as well. That's probably going to pay the mortgage off at the very least, okay? Okay, types of life insurance. There's two types of life insurance. Cash value, otherwise known oftentimes as whole life or universal life, and term insurance. There are other names for, for types of insurance. Most of them fall under cash value insurance, but the other one is term insurance. Okay, I'm gonna say this, life insurance is not and should not be used as an investment. It's sold as an investment a lot. Um, huge profits. You, you see those, those uh, skyscrapers those guys built? You know, that's because they sell lots of whole life and cash value life insurance. And you'll, you'll understand why in a, in a couple minutes here. Uh, so don't use cash value insurance as an investment. The truth of the matter is it's a lousy investment. Um, and it carries some extreme measures that they don't tell you when you make the purchase. They don't advertise these things. Okay, so let's go into a little deeper. What is cash value insurance? Okay, it's often called whole life and universal, like I said. It's a life insurance policy that has two parts. One part is term life insurance. So the other type of insurance, term insurance, is inside of the cash value insurance. Okay? And the cash value portion is riding inside of the policy, and as you pay premiums, these exorbitant premiums that you would pay under that policy, you're going to build the cash value over time. My dad took out a universal life policy on me when I was uh, two years old. Uh, probably enough to pay like for funeral arrangements if I passed away or something. I mean, people do this. I, we never did, but did we? I don't ever remember getting life insurance on my kids. Anyway, um, they, they did that. So he's paying, you know, I'm two years old, so they, there, there isn't a whole lot of you know, issues about the fact that I'm probably going to live, you know, for a lot longer. So they weren't too worried about it. And back then, I'm sure the, the rates were a lot better than they are today. But I had been paying for this until after Brenda and I were married. And I increased the value from, what are the $20,000, $10,000, up to like $105,000. And then I realized, after, you know, studying things out and hearing from Dave Ramsey and so on, that there's some real reasons you don't want this policy. And I'm going to get in, into that in a second. Okay. Uh, as you pay those, those 
huge premiums. The problem with cash value insurance is threefold. There's three problems. First, it's a lousy investment because growth is a little better than horrible and oftentimes one and a half to two percent. Even back when I increased the value of, of this universal life policy, it was like three percent or something. It was horrible back when interest rates were much higher. So it was, it was really bad. And, and for the first several years that you're paying into this policy, you're going to be paying their costs off. So all their costs get paid for. So you're not growing cash value in, in that policy for the first several years. Second, it's very expensive. Depending upon your age, it can be up to 20 times more expensive than term insurance. So again, um, good reason not to get it. And then lastly, if you die, and this is the big one, folks. If you don't hear anything else I got to say about insurance tonight, you need to get this one, okay? Because this blew a lot of people away. I tell people, when we talk about insurance, I tell this to everybody. If you die before you cash out the policy, uh, they're going to pay out the term portion of the policy. So, if, for example, if you get a $100,000 whole life policy and you have $100,000 built up in cash value in that policy, you think your dependents are going to get $200,000, right? Wrong. They're going to get $100,000. They're going to get the term portion of the policy, and that money that you'd been paying into those guys for those 20 years or whatever, however long that is, the insurance company keeps it. And somehow this is legal. I don't understand how it is legal, but it is legal. So does anybody need me to repeat that? You know... I think we're, we're uh, recording this tonight, so you can listen to it again. I'm running behind schedule here, so I need to keep moving. But they're going to keep the cash value if you do not cash it out. So if you have a cash value insurance policy right now, you need to call your agent tomorrow morning, and you need to say, I need an appointment because I'm going to cash out my policy, and I'm going to buy term insurance. Okay. So that's, that's my advice. So they keep, they keep the, uh, the money uh, in the cash value. It, it sounds really crazy, but, but that's, that's the way it's done. Okay, the other type of insurance that you can purchase is called term insurance. And just like the name, uh, term insurance uh, pol uh, policy is sold over a term or a space of time. So it might be a 10-year policy, so 10-year guaranteed premium. So it's the same premium every month or every year, depending upon you, how, you know, maybe every six months, uh, how you pay for it. It's the same premium every single time for the whole term. Maybe it's 10 years, maybe it's 20 years, maybe it's 30 years, maybe it's 40 years. It's going to be the same the whole time. Um, your premium is determined by your age and your current health situation. Really no different there than the whole life policy. So if you're young and good health, the premium will be relatively low. If you're in your 70s or 80s and you still think you need insurance, it's going to be very, very expensive, right? Because uh, you're not going to probably live to like 10 more years, at least in their eyes. So, so the you're, you're, you're going to pay very high premiums. Okay, so what happens when you die with a term policy? Um, it's just like the cash value term portion, you get paid the whole thing, right? So if you have a $100,000 policy, your beneficiary gets $100,000. 
get the whole thing. <clears throat> okay, so let's do a quick cost comparison of what it, uh, the value or a value comparison between cash value and term insurance as far as the investment side, okay? So let's say you're 30 years old and, and for policy uh, uh, comparisons, we're gonna do a 20 year term. We're gonna buy $125,000 worth of insurance. A term insurance policy when you're 30 years old is gonna cost about $11 a month. So when you're young, it's pretty cheap. Cash value insurance in the same scenario would cost $125 a month. A little more? Okay, which, which one's better as we invest the rest? Okay, the difference in the premiums is $114 a month over 20 years. That's $27,360. So if we take that $27,000 and we invest it, instead of putting it in the insurance policy, what's gonna happen? Okay, if we get a conservative gain, which is about 8%, it, it, a lot, a lot of times the stock market and different places you can put money is gonna get better than 8%, but if a conservative 8% over 20 years, you're gonna have $63,000 from your $27,000, okay? So you're gonna more than double your money in, in that time, okay? With cash value insurance at one and a half to 2% over 20 years, you're gonna accumulate $32,000. So which would you rather have, you know, 63 or $32,000? It's pretty simple math there. So, okay, 8.30 and I'm right there, so I'm, I'm a happy man. So Proverbs 13.22 says, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. A way to do that is to have the proper amount of life insurance to make sure that you do that. So you're gonna be obeying the Lord when you do this, and another one of those nuggets that can help us, right? So I'm gonna close with this. Um, and I did have to ask Andrew about this, because there's not a lot of scriptures in the Bible that are exactly the same. So I, I thought there's gotta be a word for this. There's gotta be a term for when we have a scripture here and a scripture there, and you read them and they're identical right? And not a lot of those. And, and he called it a parallel passage. So that came from him, not me. So Matthew 6.21, again, King James, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. We're talking about God's treasure, right? Where's your treasure? Where's your treasure? It, you know, are you picking up his nuggets and making that part of your treasure and, and walking with him? coming alongside him and allowing him to help you along the way? Or are you just doing your own thing and working with man's system who's designed to take your money? You know, so, God bless you. I appreciate the time. I hope this was a blessing to you. And if you got any questions, let me know. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you and we hope you have a great week.